Hello and welcome to the Pixel Swim Podcast, episode 111. I am Steve Heinrich, your host, and this is the podcast where I take a dive into my personal journey with technology plus other tidbits that I find interesting. This episode is being recorded and released on Thursday, July 23rd, 2020. Visit pixelswim.com for all of the show notes and social links if you want to follow along or uh, leave any feedback. Uh, it's always appreciated. Again, pixelswim.com. Uh, sorry that I missed last week without notice. Uh, you know, had uh, some home ownership things to take care of, mainly a wasp nest uh, in our overhang in our house here. So kind of came up last minute and then the weekend got filled up pretty quickly. So I wasn't able to record anything. But uh, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, that's just kind of potentially how things may be a little bit <laughs> now that the you know if we're in our new house here and uh, a lot of things to take care of up front here uh, getting things set up etc so um yeah but uh, either way thank you for your patience on that and uh, sorry if there's a little bit of an echo i'm recording in our office today it's a little bit more echoey so uh yeah just uh, bear with me <laughs> things are uh, kind of all over the place in life right now so uh that's just where we're at. But uh, yeah, like I said, bear with me and we'll get through this together, folks. So anyway, let's dive into the show, starting with feedback from episode 110, which was the last episode. So on MiWi, we had Frank Neathart say, uh, congrats on your iPhone 8 uh, with charging, with charging, changing, sorry, <laughs> with changing the screen, you lost True Tone, but that is not that major. So yeah, that's uh, that iPhone 8 that I replaced the screen on. Uh, because I would had to, uh, you know, put a third-party screen or whatever on there. There is, I think it's from iPhone 7 on, I could be wrong, that has True Tone. But uh, either way, when you put a third-party screen on, or a screen that basically doesn't match the serial number on the motherboard with the screen, then you lose the True Tone feature, which honestly, to for me, like Frank said, is not really that major or a big deal. Uh, and, but sadly, because I ripped the cables on the original screen, uh, I'm not going to be able to use like one of those Chinese flash tools to, you know, flash the old serial number or whatever it is that it flashes onto the new screen. So sadly, this the iPhone 8 will never have True Tone again. So, <laughs> but again, really not. Uh, you know, a make or break sort of thing. So, but thank you, Frank, for reaching out. And then also thank you to Ted Salmon, who left a, a comment on MeWe. Uh, he says, interesting thoughts on the power. I agree, I think. He said, the LCD screen and lack of NFC spoil the party for me, but you can't argue with the battery power. Best performance of any phone I've ever tested, a real three-day phone. I'll link to my review here for those interested in iPhone. You're not following my lead, are you? <laughs> so yeah, uh, Ted Salmon's been going down the iPhone route lately, uh, really trying to dig into it. When uh, it's all just kind of a coincidence that uh, these iPhones keep showing up at the around the same time, or this iPhone showed up at the same time. So yeah, um, yeah, you know, I'm not necessarily gonna go down the iPhone route, but I'll I'll explain that later. Uh, I won't be able to, but uh, anyway, thank you, Ted, for reaching out. I'll put a link to his Moto G8 power review in the show notes if you want to check that out. Yeah, Ted always does the best written reviews, uh, always consistent across the board, everything that he tests, and uh, yeah, just recommended reading for any device you're looking at getting. So thank you, Ted, for that. All right, so that's all the feedback from the last episode. On this episode, we'll be talking about the following. 
the iPad first generation uh, that I received uh, for free uh, from a friend. So uh, also my media, another media server update. I was talking about my Plex server slash MB server. I got a little bit more about that. Uh, let's see. The, I have a wall outlet project that I've been working on or I, I will talk about today. Just uh, another joy of home ownership type thing. But uh, either way, then we'll do the Galaxy S10e weekly report and then uh, go over the a uh, little bit briefly, the phone fixing adventures that I had, uh, which involved that iPhone that I was talking about, that iPhone 8. So yeah, let's get into the first topic. All right, so the first topic here is the iPad first generation that I was uh, kindly given to me by Noah, who also gave me the iPhone 8, uh, much appreciated. Uh, the hardware on it, just the first, I, I only played with it a little bit, but the hardware is really nice. You know, it's got that that aluminum uh, on there is just, or aluminum, if you, if you might wanna say that as well, but uh, it's really nice. It's just a super solidly made device. That's the thing about most of the Apple products. I mean, I'm sure you know by now is that they, are super solid. Uh, there's no doubt about uh, the build quality and all these. And this, the first gen iPad is actually really nice. It's it's running uh, iOS five something. I can't remember what the points are on there, but it's iOS five, uh, which basically renders it fairly fairly useless <laughs> for any sort of uh, modern utilities. Uh, the software. Yeah, basically, if I was going to use this uh, sort of as a, you know, a side device for anything quick, it would probably be for something like YouTube, but I couldn't find any way on there to play YouTube. Uh, again, I haven't dug very deeply, but the YouTube app does not work. Uh, then the through the browser, it does not work either. So clearly, whatever version of Safari is on this, uh, the you know YouTube and Google has moved their code on past that. So it uh, does not work with that. But uh, and the web browsing is wasn't too horrible on it. Uh, I could still pretty much load up most sites. Uh, it's just you know when it comes to advanced media stuff, you know like YouTube and and things like that, it's uh, you know. It, unfortunately, it's just kind of a, it's one of those, it, it's unfortunate because the, the hardware is so nice on it that you, you just kind of wish that the software didn't leave it behind. But that's kind of the story of technology these days, no matter what it is, TVs, you know, uh, washers and dryers, uh, different things like that, that just, uh, there's a lot, too much technology in some of this stuff, all the smart stuff, you know. Uh, but yeah, uh, so that's kind of my, you know, I'm going to play with it a little bit more, but that's my, you know, my, my, my quick play or my uh, quick first impressions of that iPad first gen, really nice hardware. All right, so some updates on my media server. I'm still using MB, uh, E-M-B-Y, because uh, I had that set up. Uh, and basically, I just have to go through and adjust some of the metadata, but it pulls in a lot of the metadata really well, uh, much like Plex does. So basically, it'll pull in all of the the movie posters and the, the descriptions and the cast and all that stuff. And it pulls it from a few different sources, namely uh, IMDB, the Internet Movie Database. Uh, so, and you can also, if you say it mismatches a movie, because there's lots of movies that you know have a similar title or the same title, uh, you can go in and put the IMDB uh, movie ID in there, which you can pull from the URL on the page of the movie uh, from IMDB. So 
I've done a little bit of that. So, you know, just I've just left it up and running. Uh, but the main thing with my with that server is I was having connection issues uh, with the Wi-Fi dropping, uh, basically saying it's not connected anymore uh, when I knew that this wasn't the case because all the other devices in our house, you know, have uh, pretty much solid connections except for my wife's work computer but I'll get to that in a little bit too. Uh, so I got a TP-Link Wi-Fi adapter so this is a, a really nice dual band Wi-Fi adapter uh, to plug into it. Um, again the the little Lenovo PC that I use for this did not have a Wi-Fi adapter built in it had just a cheapy a little Wi-Fi adapter that came with it, which, yeah, unbranded, you know, basically the the knockoff version of a Wi-Fi adapter that's just, you know, it just, it wasn't very good. So I thought, you know, I'll try a good Wi-Fi adapter and see how that goes. And it uh, basically has solved the connectivity issue. So it's a really nice addition <laughs> to that because now I can just leave the computer where it is. I don't have to hardwire it into the modem or the router or whatever. And so, yeah, the TP-Link uh, Wi-Fi adapter works really well. Um, it, it, like I said, it solved the, the issue. Uh, I'll put a link to that TP-Link Wi-Fi adapter that I got. I don't remember the exact model number, but it's, uh, it's working well. Uh, and I suggested if you maybe have like a laptop or something that constantly drops connection, because I think what it's boiling down to is the Wi-Fi adapter and the compatibility with Windows 10 and all the drivers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So this just plugs right into the USB port and works well. So yeah, check that out in the show notes. Um, and I'm just happy to have that up and running. Like I said, I'll keep MB running for a little while. Uh, I got it set up to uh, to play our movies and stuff on the Roku in the uh, living room and the bedroom type of thing. So now we've got a streaming media server that's just uh, on our home network. But uh, pretty happy for right now. Maybe I'll go back to Plex at some point. Not sure. But uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll see. All right, so the next thing I'm going to talk about is setting up another uh, outlet in our office here. So here's the the, the rub. <laughs> so uh, my wife's work computer is having trouble, much like the Plex server, with uh, staying connected to the Wi-Fi network. And I think it is just, again, just the adapter because uh, she was going through a lot of troubleshooting with her work IT and stuff like that. Uh, to try and figure out why it kept dropping and stuff, you know, and because she uses uh, Teams with her work, Microsoft Teams, and a lot of times it would drop in the middle of a Teams call, which is not, you know, not good, especially when you're on the, a call with a client or, you know, my wife is in uh, doing a lot of training right now, so she's got a lot of getting a lot of help from a lot of different people, and it's just not fun when the call drops and you have to disconnect and reconnect the Wi-Fi, uh, basically toggle it on and off. But either way, uh, we wanted to, I uh, was trying to figure out how to hardwire her computer into the router slash modem because it's a two-in-one thing. Uh, we have Comcast or Xfinity Internet here in the U.S., which runs through uh, coaxial outlets or uses coaxial cables. Uh, so basically cable internet. Uh, and so I was trying to figure out a way to hardwire that thing, her computer via ethernet cable right into the back of the router slash modem because it has four ports for that. Uh, and so the first thing that I, I thought I would do is I would give Comcast a call and uh, see or contact them. I actually contacted them through their live chat uh, to ask if they would be able to come out and um, 
install a new outlet for the coaxial cable in our office because there's it seems like there's one in every room except for the office uh, but they actually came back and said that they can't do it uh, because of COVID. They will not, uh, as of right now, they are not doing any in-house calls. Uh, when they came and set up the internet, it was a, uh, they did what they needed on the outside of the house, and then they left a little package on uh, the doorstep, and uh, basically I was <laughs> left to set it up myself, uh, you know, plug everything in and, and things like that. So... Yeah, so they won't come in and do it. So I set out to try and find a an outlet or a way to get this uh, get her computer hardwired into the router. So the only active outlet, uh, coaxial outlet in the house, was up in our bedroom, which is upstairs. Our office is downstairs. Uh, so you know, stringing a <laughs> you know a, a two hundred foot or a hundred foot. Ethernet cable was probably not going to be the most ideal way. Uh, plus, it you know, long term, that's just uh, not where we wanted to go. Uh, so that's where our router was, our modem slash router, uh, where it had to live when we first moved in. Uh, so I decided to try and figure out how everything was set up. I wasn't sure why there was only one active outlet in the house. Uh, and so basically what, what I kind of ended up finding was that the, uh, Comcast had, uh, when, I think when they built the house, the house is only three years old. So when they built the house originally, they wired it up, uh, for, uh, cable or they wired coaxial cables, uh, all throughout the house. Uh, and unfortunately not in the office, but um, essentially if in our basement, uh, there's a whole bunch of wires, uh, coaxial wires sort of strung together uh, into a splitter. Uh, and so there's one cable that comes from the outside box that Comcast works on uh, and it goes into a splitter and then the splitter goes out to, uh, you know, whichever, whichever outlet you want to uh, connected to and then there was three or four no there's okay sorry there was four extra coaxial cables just uh, sort of strung up not connected to anything also with no sort of f connector or caps on them to connect to the splitter uh, so I figured that that's how the whole house is wired it was kind of nice to find all of this bundle of wires in the basement uh, because it gave me some chance to do some experimentation and see what goes where. And so that's what I did. So I got a bunch of screw-on connectors uh, to, con to complete those coaxial cables because they were stripped already and ready to go. Uh, so I was, had just had to screw on the caps or the uh, connectors. Uh, and so I did that and I was able to identify where each of these extra cables went. So I was able to... Uh, put markers on those or uh, put, you know, right on them on a piece of tape and wrap the tape around what each one was and where it went, which allowed me to uh, figure out, you know, where, because so originally I was going to move the, the router slash modem into our, our hobby room or work room, which is also upstairs. Uh, but it was, yeah. So I, either way, I figured out what each of these cables went to. Uh, obviously the problem is, and I was thinking that I would take the one that's in the living room, uh, the coaxial outlet that's in the living room, it's right next to the office and, and try and, you know, pull that wire into the office kind of a thing. Um, but it was going to be a really complicated. <laughs> so 
but overall luckily i was uh, because it's the basement is unfinished so the the whole ceiling and everything is exposed you know wood beams etc but you can read i can see on the basically the sidewall of the basement going up into the house and right in actually the where the coaxial cables are right below the office which is really lucky so essentially what i did was i got a new coaxial cable and uh, and another lucky thing is that there was already holes drilled to to feed wires up into the house or the walls of the house, uh, and you know I I okay let me let me be clear I did turn off a lot of the uh, the power via fuse box so I didn't uh, you know have any trouble with these uh, other wires that are potentially running through the walls but. Either way, um, I was able to feed a coaxial wire up into the wall of the office. Um, it, it's not exactly where I'd want it to be, but it's better than than nothing. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, so basically I was able to solve the problem. I fed the wire up into the wall. Uh, I did some measuring um, <laughs> to, to hope find the spot where the wire came through. Luckily, it wasn't near a stud. So um, I was able to you know, measure, uh, measure three or four times, you know, measure twice, that kind of thing. And, and then buy all the necessary materials uh, to cut a hole in the wall for a little box and another coaxial outlet cover. And uh, when I, once I cut the hole in the wall, that's when I crossed my fingers and was able to reach in and pull the coaxial cable that I had, and that I had uh, fed up through the basement. Um, and so <laughs> it was a sigh of relief when I was able to do that. Um, I bought a white coaxial cable so I would know for sure and be able to easier, easily see the cable fed through the wall. Uh, and so I was able to pull that through the hole that I had cut. And, you know, it was all easy peasy from there because I just fed it into a box uh, th that you install into the wall. And then I fed, you know, you basically the coaxial wall connector is just an extender on uh, so you screw the the end of the the cable that i fed into that and then you uh, mount that into the wall and so we now have a working coaxial outlet in the office uh by my hand <laughs> uh, this is not something i thought i was ever going to be able to do but you know after sort of going through the house and looking at different sections uh, of where everything feeds to and how everything works, I was able to get this set up. Like I said, I think the biggest advantage was that there was already a hole drilled uh, to feed the wire into because there was other wires being fed through different holes right next to this. And so uh, it was really a, to my advantage to have that already done because that's something that I would not feel comfortable doing is, you know, blind drilling into stuff. So uh, it was really, really... Uh, fortunate that that was there but uh basically i got it set up and i'm just happy that the modem slash router is now in our office uh, you know that's where the wi-fi comes from too and it still reaches everywhere in the house the wi-fi and i'm also able to hardwire my wife's computer into the router so that uh solved that problem she hasn't had any connectivity issues since um i haven't had any connectivity issues via wi-fi on my computer just because i think the network adapter is much different so it just works better but uh yeah so it was quite the adventure we're you know working things out taking my time you know making sure i turned off the power to certain parts of the house that i'm working on you know so you don't want to 
you know, kill yourself. So you want to make sure all that stuff's taken care of. But yeah, it was it was fun to figure out. Um, these are things that I would never do unless I actually own the house. And it's nice to be able to take care of things myself, you know, and figure things out myself. Uh, you know, these coaxial cables also, they're not, you know, I'm not worried about shocking myself on them. But, you know, if there's power outlets and other things, uh, yeah, just had to be really careful. I was, you know, like I said, and uh, took care of it. it. It's just, again, for me personally, it's uh, it's a small triumph and uh, felt really good. But uh, yeah, and the other thing that I actually did too, uh, speaking of all these coaxial wires and figuring out where they go, was I installed a TV antenna or aerial. Uh, I actually installed it in our basement, which is kind of weird. Not the most ideal thing. I was actually looking to put it in the attic uh, originally. And, but once I kind of figured out all the wiring and stuff like that, I was able to install that in the basement next to a window. And so, uh, cause our house is on kind of an, an angled land, uh, the land kind of angles down towards the backyard. And so the, there's windows in the back that kind of point out into, uh, you know, nothingness or whatever. But uh, so I thought I'd give that a try and uh, got that antenna set up and connected into all those coaxial wires, the wire that goes into the living room outlet. So I'm able to hook up the antenna wire pretty easily and uh, it's working well. So I got all my local channels over the air again. <laughs> but yeah, just a whole bunch of figuring out the wiring in the house. I, I wouldn't do it if it wasn't just the coaxial stuff. I, I don't think I would ever deal with the moving a power outlet or a, a light switch or something like that. Uh, as far as that goes, I would I would swap out lighting fixtures and stuff like that that I wouldn't be uncomfortable with. But yeah, it's been uh, it was quite the adventure this last weekend. Part of why I wasn't able to re you know record the podcast as a makeup over the weekend. So um, yeah, it was it was nice to get that set up. And uh, I want to thank Comcast for not being willing to come out and do it themselves. So I've learned a lot <laughs> about how the house is set up. But uh, yeah. All right. So with all that out of the way, let's get into this week's Galaxy S10e weekly report. Good evening and welcome to the Galaxy S10e Weekly Report. Okay, so I think I used last week's or the last episode's S10e Weekly Report as a sort of Moto G Power review section. <laughs> uh, but I did end up selling the Moto G Power. I think I mentioned that it would be a possibility. Uh, really, the phone was just not for me. You know, I'm really not... Uh, I, I just didn't enjoy the overall experience. Uh, not only was the phone big, which I, I think I would get used to the phone being big, and I have in the past. Uh, I think it was just the overall software and experience and the the screen, uh, the LCD screen with the hole punch in it uh, isn't as pleasant uh, just because there is light bleed and I don't know, just the software experience and Moto, the way they're, you know, updating all that stuff, all, you know, the, the newer versions of Android, I haven't. I don't know. It just, it's just you kind of know. You know, the phone's not going to be for you. You know, I tried to, I tried it. I tried it, and it just didn't feel right. So I decided to put it on Swappa and sell it. So it's gone. <laughs> no more Moto G power. But with that in mind, I turned my head back to the uh, Galaxy S10e more prominently, 
uh, and decided to kind of try and whip it back into shape a little bit, you know, as far as cleaning it up, the storage and the RAM and the apps and stuff like that uh, without having to factory reset it. Because I did think about doing that, but there's just so much to set up again, even with the backup that I just did not want to do that. So I cleaned up a whole bunch of the files and the cache and I tried out uh, CC Cleaner, uh, the CC Cleaner app. I think this was mentioned in a post on the phone show chat MeWe group recently. Uh, so it didn't, the app works fairly well. I decided to get the upgraded version of it because I guess CC Cleaner does a lot of data collection on the uh, the free version. So I decided to just pay, I think it was $6 for the, you know, uh, $6 a year or something like that subscription. I'm not sure. Either way, I got that set up and uh, cleaned out a whole bunch of stuff on the phone. It seems to work okay. Um, not sure if it uh, is the best yet. So I'm going to keep trying to use that over time and see how that goes. Um, but the other thing that I did too, um, and having the Moto G power, GA power in hand, uh, as the a daily device for a couple days, uh, really made me miss the sort of chop for flashlight <laughs> feature, uh, that Motorola, you know, has, uh, it's kind of unique to Motorola as far as being built in. Uh, so I decided to set up BX Actions, uh, the BX Actions app on the Galaxy S10e, because uh, essentially what this does will let you remap that uh, that Bixby button that's on the left hand side of the Galaxy S10e that, uh, you know, to me is kind of a useless button, <laughs> mostly. Uh, I know they in the the uh, stock software for Samsung, uh, they did offer changing it, um, changing the functionality of it. So I did have it set up to like open my messages app kind of a thing, uh, but it, you could never really do too much with it. So BX Actions lets you do a lot with it. Uh, again, I paid for the pro version on that so I could have full functionality of BX Actions. Um, so for the really advanced features, you actually have to connect the phone to a PC uh, after you enable L, uh, developer options and USB debugging on the phone, uh, kind of like you would do if you were modding anything on an Android device. Um, basically, you open up the file system once you connect it after those uh, features are turned on, and then you, there's a, an EXE file uh, that you can run right from the phone, and it will enable the uh, advanced features for this BX Actions app. Uh, and so now that I have that all set up, I went and changed the uh, a double double press of the Bixby button, turns on the flashlight, turns on and off, toggles on and off the flashlight. So it's not the exact same as a chop, a double chop, but uh, it's actually very convenient to have, uh, especially when I was doing all this wiring stuff. You know, a, a quick flashlight here and there was nice to have, and a nice double press of that Bixby button is... Uh, you know, it's not, like I said, not an exact substitute for the chop chop, but it, uh, for me, it, it's much better than where it was before. So with this BX Actions app, you can do a whole lot of other thing, mapping of your keys, even the volume keys. Uh, so I'm going to, you know, do a little bit more experimentation with that. I don't know if I want to go much further than that. Uh, I don't know if I really have much of a need for anything else, but I'm going to take a look through the app since I did pay for it. And, uh, you know, try and figure out if there's anything else that would might make the phone buttons more convenient. Uh, so there's that type of thing. But uh, yeah, so yeah, I'm sold on that Moto G Power, getting my S10e whipped back into shape a little bit and uh, trying out some of the button mapping. So 
Yeah, but I think that's it, though, for this week's Galaxy S10e weekly report. All right, so the last section here is uh, kind of as usual, is my phone fixing adventures. Uh, so I kind of mentioned earlier that I won't be using that iPhone 8, uh, and here's the reason why. <laughs> uh, so my niece, Azure, I don't know if you remember, I've had her, I had her on a long time ago. Uh, is she has an iPhone 7 Plus, uh, and she actually cracked the screen on it a while ago, and I replaced it. I think I mentioned that as well. Uh, but the screen cracked again, um, and also it fell into a fountain, <laughs> a water fountain. Uh, so... Uh, after that, it just was kind of never the same, uh, and it stopped booting up for her, or it wouldn't charge past 1%. So she had some issues with it and could not use the phone. Uh, so just like that, um, that iPhone 8 that I had that I fixed the home button on uh, is gone. It's in her possession now. She need, uh, needed another phone uh, in order to, you know, be contacted so she I was more than happy to, to give that iPhone 8 to her because I do have the iPhone 6s uh, but I don't think that would work well for her so this is a slight upgrade for her it's not the same size as her previous phone but uh, it does work uh, for her but uh, also there is um, the thing about it is I gave her or we swapped the phone I swapped in her sim card to the, the iPhone 8 uh, worked well uh, but I, there is some sort of crackling every few seconds on uh, when she's on a, any sort of audio or video call. Uh, so basically, I think and she can't hear it, but the people on the other end can. So I think what's happening is there was more damage in that iPhone 8 because that iPhone 8 went through a wash cycle. Uh, and I think the more water got in somewhere that I couldn't really see. And I didn't really test the you know, phone call functionality or video call functionality before, um, uh, after, or I should say after I got that home button up and running, I kind of just closed it up and assumed it was okay. But uh, yeah, so that's something that I'm going to have to fix on that as well. So you can swap out the charge port uh, little board, which also has the microphone on it. Uh, and so I think I'm going to have to do that for her. I actually ordered that part to come in. And so, yeah, I'm keeping her old iPhone 7 Plus. Uh, I think I'm going to try and get that up and running as well. I think the reason that her iPhone 7 Plus wouldn't charge anymore is because some of the charge pins, I'm guessing, in the the port are not uh, are no good anymore, potentially corroded or, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so I'm going to swap out that uh, charge port uh, slash microphone thing as well. Um, which is actually pretty complicated. <laughs> the uh, that board of it kind of sits on the back of the phone, and so essentially you have to remove a whole bunch of stuff in order to get that out. Uh, so I'm going to be doing that on the Seven Plus and the iPhone Eight. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at with those. I have the the parts for all that coming. I'm going to get that Seven Plus back up and running, and that'll be my iPhone. I'm, I'm not sure what the storage is on that. I can't remember. But uh, yeah, so iPhone fixing uh, is ahead. Uh, also, I did order a screen for the LG Q7 Plus. Uh, this is one of the phones that was in the last box of phones that I purchased. Uh, it's a T-Mobile version. I checked the IMEI on it with T-Mobile, and it is good to go. So it's good to, to activate on their network. It's not blocked or anything like that. So I figured I would 
swap out the screen in that and uh, give that one a try as well because uh, I've talked about that one in the past uh, after having the Q6. So again, that's a, an LG budget device. But uh, yeah, so that's kind of where I am with all the phone fixing at the at the moment. Um, pretty, you know, there's lots going on, but uh, I'm, I'm trying to get more or back into it more. I think these iPhones kind of threw a wrench in all the fixing all the other phones, but uh, it was just, like I said, I was glad to have that iPhone 8 ready to go for her. Well, almost ready to go. Um, it is usable, so uh, at least she's got that uh, for now. And she's just going to probably just keep that one. <laughs> you know, it's a bit upgraded over her 7 Plus, so she's got it's got Qi charging, etc. Um, you know, the iPhone 8, much like the current iPhone SE, just with older internals. But either way, uh, we just keep on fixing. All right, so let's wrap things up here on episode 111. And uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in as always. If you want to leave any feedback, head on over to pixelswim.com. Uh, plenty of ways to get in touch there, including MeWe, which you need an account for. But uh, yeah, just uh, feel free to leave any feedback, any and all feedback, positive, negative, it doesn't matter. Uh, I, you know, I'll take all of it to heart, so just keep that in mind. Um, anyway, <laughs> thanks for tuning in. Tune in um, maybe next week. Uh, again, I'm sorry that I, I haven't been super consistent, but you know, just uh, kind of think where things are at right now. Hopefully, once we get the house more set up, it'll be more consistent, and I'll try and uh, you know put messages out there of of when the episodes are going to be coming out. Uh, maybe kind of maybe looking at potentially another day other than Thursday to record and release these. So yeah, that's uh, like I said, that's where we're at. Thank you for bearing with me during this trying time. So just a weird, weird uh, moment in everybody's lives. But either way, thanks for tuning in and have a great afternoon or evening or dawn or dusk or whatever time of day it is when you're listening to this. So thanks again and Godspeed. <laughs>